Good morning and welcome to everyone watching online and welcome everyone this morning. Last week we spoke about facing trials, something that all of us in our life are going to go through. We're going to face trials and that is the reality that we all, we all got to live with. And we spoke about count, no, let and ask. Vases of faith that turn trials into triumphs. And the truth is, lemons are going to come our way. That is the way life is. But we can turn those lemons into lemonade, and we don't have to become sour as we go through our lives. We've got to just trust God that he will do what he will do. Um, but trials are going to come our way. Today we're talking about another thing that all of us are going to face, and it's a difficult one. It's a difficult thing to preach on today, but it's good, and it's biblical, and it's scripture, so we're going to go with it, and we're going to trust God. And that is Temptation. Um, just, just before we, before we continue, let's take a moment to pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that as the word is read this morning, that we will be set free, that you will be glorified, that people that have no hope will be full of hope, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that this morning you will work by your spirit, move in power, and we pray. Amen. So every temptation that comes our way, and the truth is we're all going to face temptations, every temptation that comes our way is going to give us a choice. And the choice is between crowns or coffins. And I know that sounds very heavy, but crowns or coffin. Um, Often when life gets tough and trials come our way, then what happens is this pressure gets put on our lives, and what we want to do is we want to escape the pressure, like the pressure in a pressure cooker. Yet temptation... It attaches to our desires, and it only adds pain to our problems. It tells us that it's going to give us a way out, but it only makes things a whole lot worse. Temptation offers us a promised land. It says, if you follow this, you will get to your promised land, but it only ends to detours and dead ends, consequences and coffins. So today I want to talk about what temptation is, how to avoid the traps of temptation, and how to get free if you are in a trap of temptation at the moment. So I realize that it's kind of a vegetable message, but so good for us. Because we don't want to skip over those things that are going to set us free. So we're going through the book of James. And I will encourage you again. Go home. Read James. Read it in different versions. Study scripture. Read commentaries. Seek God. Trust God. And go through the book. We can feed you every week, but it's so important that we learn to feed ourselves. Because last week we spoke about maturity. And that's what James is all about. Leading us to a place of maturity. So, James 1 verse 12 to 18. And I'm reading it from the easy to read version. (laughs) So, there is such a thing. Um, It says this. Great blessings belong to those who are tempted... And remain faithful. In other words, every time temptation comes your way, you are given an opportunity for great blessing. After they have proven their faith, God will give them the reward of eternal life. God promised this to all people who love him. Whenever you feel tempted to do something bad, you should not say God is tempting me. Evil cannot tempt God, and God himself does not tempt anyone. You are tempted by the evil things you want, and me. Your own desires lead you away and trap you. Your desires grow inside you until it results in sin. And the sin grows bigger and bigger and finally ends in death. So on the one side, we've been, given, offered, we've been offered life. And on the other side, there's death. And this scripture says we get to decide which way we want to go. 
crowns of obedience or coffins of disobedience. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be fooled by this. Everything comes from God. Every perfect gift is from Him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky. But God never changes like the shadows from those lights. He is always the same. God decides to give us life through the true message He sent to us. He wanted us to be the most important of all that He has created. So today, as we go through this message, as we go through the scripture, what we're going to do is we're going to trust God to establish firewalls of faith, things that will stop us from easily taking the temptation that gets offered to us. So we're going to put up firewalls of faith. Remember, our outlook determines our outcome. The way we look at things, the way we perceive things, the way that we see things will determine the choices that we make. Our filters determine our future. No filters, anything gets through. Our attitude determines our actions. So as we look at these things, uh, we realize that as we seek God going into our future, um, we're gonna make, decisions are going to come our way. And as we filter things through Scripture and through Jesus, it stops us from embracing things that we shouldn't. So when it comes to temptation, there are three outlooks that we need. And if you're taking notes, it's kind of, uh, there's a lot of noty bits. Three perspectives or filters mentioned in James that we need in order to embrace the crowns instead of the coffins. Number one, look ahead. Number two, look around. Number three, look within. When temptation comes your way, look ahead, look around, look within. So number one, look ahead. When we get to a T-junction between compromise and conviction, we need to look ahead. In other words, we need to say this. If I start walking down this road, will it end up where I want to go? We need to look ahead. We need to think about the decision we're making because it has an outcome. It has a destination. So what makes temptation so difficult is that it always promises what it can't deliver. Temptation promises to satisfy us in the very area it's trying to rob That should be on the screen. If you're writing, taking notes, I want you to write that down. Temptation promises to satisfy us in the very area it's trying to rob. You know, it'll say this, this way to the promised land, free tickets down Satisfaction Street. You know, embrace this temptation. Yet, this just leads to detours and dead ends. And then what we do is we look at the picture on the brochure and we say, this this, uh, holiday resort looks nothing like the picture that you promised me. Temptation promises you something and takes the very thing that you desire. So we all think we have things under control when temptation comes our way. We all think we have it under control until we don't. And we think, you know, stop the bus. I shouldn't have started down this road. I want to get off. It's getting dark way too quickly. I don't like where I'm going. And before we know it, we've been taken to a destination that we really didn't want to get to. We think to ourselves so often, how close can I get to the snake before it bites me? In a moment. So what is the roadmap roadmap to temptation? According to James, there are four stages of sin, as we look at in the scripture. Uh, There's four signs that we need to look. We look down that road of temptation, and there's four signs that we will find along that road. And we need to look out for that road. It'll tell you if you are walking in the wrong direction or not. The first thing is this. The first sign is desire. 
taking notes, 1.1. This is under point one. Look ahead, desire. Temptation, James 1 verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Temptation attaches to something that we desire. We don't sin unless we want to. For example, how many of us are tempted to eat something that we really, really don't like? So if someone had to say like, oh, here's this um, guava tuna sandwich that I I made you, um, and you'd be like, oh, I'm so tempted to eat that. If you don't like it, if there's no desire, there's no temptation. And desire in itself is not a bad thing. All of us have God-given desires. We all have them. Uh, They help us to live and to love and to enjoy intimacy and have children and rest and enjoy life. Yet temptation comes when something offers to satisfy our desires outside of the will of God. Temptation comes and says, I will satisfy the desires that you have, and this is how we'll go about it. It's not God's way, but it'll get you the result you're looking for. It attaches to our desires. And this takes the fire of desire, which we've all got, and places it outside of the fireplace. Fire serves a purpose, yet becomes incredibly dangerous when out of context and out of control. We all have desires. And those desires are God-given good things. But when we take that fire of desire and we put it where it doesn't belong, it's putting a fire outside of the fireplace and it becomes incredibly dangerous. Warren Wiersbe says, these fundamental desires of life are the steam in the boiler that make the machinery go. We have desires, good things, to eat. You know, there's, 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 to, there's, we, want to, we have a desire to protect ourselves. There's good desires. Turn off the steam and you have no power. Let the steam go on its own way and you have destruction. The secret is in self-control. Temptation tells you this. You are in control. It's good. You've got this. And we think we've got it until we don't. Temp- uh, think of temptation like a steep hill of ice. And we're standing on good soil or good ground over here. And then you get tempted and you put one foot there and you think, I've got this. And then you put another foot there. And you are down the hill before you know you've even taken that step. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of walking with Jesus, being close to God, walking with God. And what happens is when temptation comes, it says, leave the path of God's presence and embrace this thing and satisfy that desire that you've got. And we take a step away from the path and God's on the path. And guess what? We're removing ourselves from the very thing God gives us to overcome the temptation, which is self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of being with God. So the further we go into our desires, the less control we have to overcome them. And it's a slippery slope. Um, So we know that when trouble comes our way, we know we are in trouble. When temptation, all of a sudden, things get promoted from servants to to masters. I've got this thing under control. I can manage this. It hasn't got me. And then it gets a promotion, and we don't see the promotion coming. And all of a sudden, the thing that you thought you mastered now masters you and me. Temptation in and of itself is not a bad thing. Jesus was tempted. Temptation will come your way. It's how we respond to temptation that makes all the difference. And the goal isn't to suppress or ignore our God-given desires. It's just not to take the shortcut to get to the promise or the thing that we desire. 
Because I can tell you now, temptation does not come from God, and it is a liar. So, welcome if you are new. <laughs> you happy you didn't put up your hand? <laughs> what a heavy day. It's good. This is good for us. The next step down sin street of temptation is deception. Temptation will attach to your desires, and then it will begin to deceive. James 1 verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Every time temptation comes our way, we are given a choice. And I, Charlotte sent me this analogy during the week, and, and I, 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 yeah, I'll do that now. Um, temptation will come to you. The devil will come. And he will tempt you to do something that you know is wrong. It's a compromise. And he says, it's fine. You have a choice. I'm going to quickly step down here. And you may have seen this illustration floating around social media. It's just a choice. Just make a choice. And it's not a big deal. This is a small thing. I've got it under control. I can put it in my pocket. And it's fine. I can walk away from it any time I want. But what happens is as we make choices, and we make more choices, and we make more choices. Paula said I must tie somebody up. Somebody, somebody want to come get tied up? Put up, put up. <laughs> Greg, Greg, come up here. Let's, let's. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is we make a choice. Yeah. And we make a choice. Put your arm. And we make another choice. And we make another choice. And eventually, we think we've got it under control. We serve a chain breaker, but we can't break this on our own. And every time we make a choice, where is it now? This link. Every time we make a choice that's not God honoring, the devil's not chaining us up. We're chaining ourselves up. We're just giving him license to do so. And then you live life. Go have a swim. Go to the shops. Enjoy your marriage. Enjoy your life. And you can't. You're bound. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, Greg. Won't you give Greg a round of applause? Just one step down Sin Street. It's okay. It's fine. You got this. Just take one step. The devil tries to hide the destination that we desire. I mean, attached to our desire. We got a desire. He says, I will satisfy that desire. I will give you what you want. I will, you know, the thing that you desire, I will satisfy. Just, just, it's not going to be God's way, but uh, it's, it's fine. He doesn't bring us the chain. He brings us the choice. But we get to choose. The trap of temptation keeps us blind to the consequences of sin. What makes a trap effective? When you don't know it's there and it uses the right bait. Sugar-coated poison. If the devil came to you in the beginning and said, oh, by the way, this is your future. I want to bind you up. I want to wreck your life. I want to destroy everything about you. I want to make you confused and full of regret and full of shame. We would say, no, 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 it's fine. But he doesn't do that. He just says, small. It's, an, it's not a big deal. 
but it is. Uh, and if we think, you know, sin's just a single act. It's just a, it's a small thing. Yet it's so often a process. One link at a time. One more link. One more look. One more link. One more step. One more sip. One more compromise. Uh, some time ago, Robert and Anna Marie, to, <clears throat> and Paul and I went with them to Shishlui. Um, and we walked around the bush like proper wild environment. No, no electricity, no plumbing. It's a rustic environment. And, and what happened was, I remember the one night, Mark, who was our tour guide, he had a UV torch. And he said, oh, you know, go have a look around. And so what happened is it was absolutely pitch black. And there's, there's, there's wildlife all over. There's rhino walking around the camp. There's, there's lion around there. We didn't see any, but there they are around. Um, and then what happened is I was given this torch. And I, I took a UV torch and I shone it around. And everything was black, black, no electricity. It's absolutely dark except for the stars. And, and all of a sudden you see these glowing things in the tree. Bright lumo lights, scorpions. And as you shine them, you don't realize, you look up, there's a scorpion in the tree. Look in the trunk, there's scorpions in there. But these things are absolutely invisible. They are so well hidden until you shine the light on them. And the reason I'm saying that is because when we take what we have and we filter it through the word of God, it's like taking a UV light to the little traps of sin. And when we filter things through the word of God, all of a sudden those things that were absolutely invisible become very visible. And we recognize there's danger there. There's poison there. But if you turn off that filter and you don't look at things through the word of God, then you could find yourself sitting right on top of a scorpion not even knowing it's there. Deception aims to minimize sin. It says it's fine to justify, excuse, dismiss, and even embrace sin. It's a trap. So far. <laughs> I mean, I've experienced quiet before. This is quiet. <laughs> All of us, everyone in this room is going to face temptation. Should we avoid the subject? Absolutely not. So far down our sin street of temptation, desires. Desire leads to deception. Oh, no. The next one is disobedience. James 1 verse 15a. These desires give birth to sinful actions. Think about this. Temptation will start by appealing to your desires. In other words, we become emotionally vulnerable. So the first thing that will happen when temptation comes your way is it starts to play with your emotions. Then it moves to deception. In other words, we become intellectually vulnerable. Excuse, justify, reason, argue. We start, it goes from our emotions and it starts to play with our mind. And the word vulnerable means exposed or possi to possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. And when we are emotionally and intellectually vulnerable, our actions follow. From obedience to distancing ourselves from God and the word and fellowship and truth, we move from obedience Distancing ourselves from those things to disobedience. Uh, today's hopefully help us to think if. Oh, let me switch marks. Okay. 
If I let my emotions and mind go where they shouldn't, my actions will follow. It's just a matter of time. And this moves the fire out of the fireplace and put into the living room. Listen to this, please. And I'm not, uh, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Fire doesn't stop when it burns the one who started it. It burns everyone. (laughs) That's heavy, but it's true. The fire doesn't stop when it burns the one who started it. It burns everyone. Warren Wesby says, Christian living is a matter of the will, not the feelings. I often hear believers say, I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like attending prayer meeting. Children operate on the basis of feelings, but adults operate on the basis of will. They act because it is right no matter how they feel. This explains why immature Christians easily fall into temptation. They let their feelings make the decisions. The more you exercise your will to say a decisive no to temptation, the more God will take control of your life. So, if we carry on down Sin Street and we see the first sign of desire and then the second sign, deception, and then disobedience, the next step is death. (laughs) James 1 verse 15. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed, by the way, I'm just expounding scripture here. That's what I'm trying to do. Honor the word. Um, When sin is allowed, in other words, when sin is allowed, we give it permission. When we permit sin to grow, it gives birth to death. This doesn't happen overnight. It matures when we feed it. And this death can be in many areas. It doesn't necessarily mean like one day you will die. It could be the death of relationships. It could be the death of ministry. It could be the death of dreams. It, could, it's, it brings death to whatever we're feeding. Essentially, death to the very desire that we are yearning to satisfy. Yet, thank God we serve a God of life. Uh, the God who works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The God who offers us, offers us restoration and, uh, and redemption. The God who does not turn a blind eye to sin, yet pays the price for sin when we repent. We may be convicted in the room today. Maybe you're sitting here and you, you know you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And I want to say this, may God convict you, but you are not condemned. So this morning, you are sinking in your sin, and all of us have struggles and challenges and temptations and trials, and this morning a lifeboat is getting thrown out. And what you've got to do is say, Lord, it's up to me, I I can choose to embrace you, or I can just choose to carry on down this road. So if we are faced with temptation, look ahead. Is the trajectory of my life going exactly where I want it? Does this build into the path that God has got for me? Um, Does this road honor God? Is this the destination I desire? Or is this just another link in the chain? Then we need to look around. James 1 verse 16 and 17. So number one, look ahead. Number two, look around. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from, the, from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God wants us to live blessed, absolutely filled, satisfying lives. 
Jesus didn't just die so that we could go to heaven one day. He, he died so that we could live life and life in abundance. And so often in our quest to satisfy what we feel we lack, we miss how much we already have. We, it's like that thing we desire blinds us to what we've already been given. Temptation lures our eyes away from the prize and to something else that's not going to satisfy. You see, temptation entices us to doubt the goodness of God. God wants us to live satisfied lives. He's given us desires and he wants to fulfill those desires. He wants us to live free. But when we put other things in front of God, then we start to doubt the goodness of God. And this leads us to make decisions that we really shouldn't. Um, One of the best ways to overcome sin is to meditate on the goodness of God. If you're struggling with something at the moment, worship God. Put worship on in your home. Put worship on in your car. Through your struggle. Worship, worship, worship. Because when we are tempted, one of the first things that goes is our understanding of God. We start to tempt the goodness of God. If God is good, then why am I not satisfied in this particular area? God is good. Amen. So this scripture encourages us again and again and again. Choose life. So in life, trials will test us and temptation offers us a cheat sheet to the test. The test comes our way. Trials come our way. And temptation says, I I know the cheat code for that test. And then we fill it in, hand it in, fail. It's a lie. It cannot give us what it's promising. So we look ahead. Am I sure I want to go down this road? Am I seeing the warning signs? Then we look around. The truth is every good and perfect gift comes from God. And we only have access to those gifts through God. And lastly, firewall number three, look within. This isn't saying, and Anne-Marie said this morning in the prayer meeting, she felt God say we need to dig deep. This isn't digging deep into your own strength. This is digging deep into the call of God on your life. James 1 verse 18. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. We need to remember that anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We have been bought with a price. We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. And to look within is to recognize that we carry something in our lives that God sees as worth redeeming. Right now, if you are struggling in your sin and you are really struggling... God sees something in you worth redeeming. And through repentance, God will restore you. But if we carry on ignoring the signs, we've just been given the roadmap. So how do we overcome temptation? We look ahead. We look around. We look within. There's so much more, but I'm sticking to what James has said here. There's so much more I can say about temptation. I just want to say a few things and then we close. If we are struggling, remember this. Sins, spawns, and secrets. Talk to someone. Please. If you keep it quiet, it's like starting a fire in the lounge and saying, well, I better not tell anyone because I'll try and put it out myself. And then it gets out of control and hits the curtains and hits the walls and starts going everywhere. And then we think, keep it a secret. The more help you can get around you, the quicker you can put that fire out. And I understand there's people you don't want to talk to. Find people you trust. Say something. 
Bring it to the light. Be accountable. Don't try handle it on your own. Next thing I want to say, just practical. Remember, you were born again. Our strength comes from the second birth, not the first. Throughout the Bible, God rejects the firstborn and accepts the secondborn. He accepted Abel, not Cain. Isaac, not Ishmael. Jacob, not Esau. He rejects your first birth, no matter how noble it may be. And he announces the power of your second birth. A Sunday school kid put it this way. Two men live in my heart. The old Adam and Jesus. When temptation knocks at the door, somebody has to answer. If I let Adam answer, I will sin. So I send Jesus to answer. He always wins. Yeah. Temptation's coming. When it comes, let Jesus answer the door. To overcome temptation, we need friends and faith. Talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Bring it into the light. It could save your future. Next thing practical, have boundaries. Establish boundaries. Not having boundaries is like having a fire with no fireplace. Have boundaries. If you are struggling in a particular area, then put up ridiculous boundaries to protect you from that particular area. But have boundaries. Don't flirt with temptation. And by the way, I'm not saying that as a judge. I'm saying that as an, from the word of God to all of us. Tim, don't flirt with temptation. The traps of temptation are so incredibly dangerous. The enemy wants to lure us away from God and his glory and drag us into guilt and shame and regret and failure. And all of this comes from giving into temptation. There is always a way out. It's far more beneficial. Is that even English? It's far more beneficial. It's far more it's far, more, it's, it's far more great. It's far more beneficial to avoid a trap than trying to escape one. Thank you to the English teachers. It's far more beneficial to avoid a trap than trying to escape one. That's why Jesus encouraged us to pray every day. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I want to read two scriptures, and then we will have ministry time. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Remember what I have to say will all be burned away. The truth of words, God's word will stand forever. So my opinions, my views, my illustrations, those are all nice, but as long as the truth of the word sits in our heart. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand. When, not if, when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Romans 5, 6 verse 5 to 19. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ, through Christ Jesus. 
do not, which makes it sound like I have a choice in this, do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve him. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teaching you were given. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living, so that you will become holy. I hope that my inability to read beautifully didn't lose the effect of that scripture. We've got a ministry team that are going to come up I'm actually not even 100% sure. Stuart and Vilma are away today. So um, we will call him, Robert and Emery, if you guys could, but we'll call you up in a moment. If you come up for prayer, it's not, hey, I just want to let you know I'm super struggling with sin. It could be, I just want to, I just want to get prayed so that I can remain in the light. It could, you know, if you, you, this is not a time of the people coming up or coming to confess. It's a time of saying, I need Jesus because I don't want to fall into the trap of temptation. Um, then again, maybe you like, there is something that I'm struggling with and I need sin. I want to break that thing. Or somebody that I know is really struggling in my family and I really want to pray and trust God that they'll see the light and be delivered. Whatever it is, come up for prayer. And also remember this temptation. And I, I was just, when I was prepping this morning, I felt this for us. It's not always like the big sins that we like, okay, well, I, that's the devil's trap. Sometimes it's things like gossip. just tempted to speak it leads to death and you think well if it leads to the death of the person I'm gossiping about that's fine but that's not what it's saying (laughs) it doesn't just lead to death of the person you're gossiping about it leads to death of trust death of relationships death of restoration death of um, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace death to honoring the word There might be big things, there might be small things. This morning, I believe God wants to set us free. Robert and Emery, could you guys come up? Um, Who who, who can we call on to pray? Some of the, there we go, could you come up? Pardon? Are we getting bombarded? Chris, are you coming up? Okay, good. Jason, are you coming to pray? That's awesome. Um, the link is going to be offered to you, and we're going to turn it down. We're going to live free. So, if you need ministry, 
maybe you actually got, it's got nothing to do with my sermon. You want to come give God the glory for something he's done. You got a testimony. Please come up and get prayer. We're going to create an environment where the Holy Spirit can move in power. Because at the end of the day, it's not clever words. It's not psychology that's going to save us. It's an encounter with the living God. As just if you can, won't you stand? And I want to pray for us. I just want to say, just in the beginning, because we're family, you've got a choice to make. You can, if you've got any burden, you can carry it yourself or you can share it with others and let other people support you, bring it before the Lord. And as we stand in agreement, you will see you walking into freedom. So if you're carrying anything that you feel is a bit too much, come up for prayer. Choose to do so. Let's pray, Lord Jesus, I thank you that that we will be people that have a real strong, honest relationship with you, that we know, Lord, all of us in this room, we are going to be tempted. But when temptation comes our way, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that we will have your grace and your strength. Your grace says no to ungodliness. I thank you, Lord, that no one in the room feels condemned. But if we feel convicted, which we all are at times, I thank you, Lord Jesus, we respond by saying yes to Jesus. Lord, we let you answer the door. And not our sinful nature. I pray Lord that as people come forward today. There will be just a sense of chains broken. Lord I pray that if there's people in the room that have no hope. They've been struggling for so long and nothing's changed. I thank you Jesus that as people come up. Those chains will be broken supernaturally today in faith. I never thought I could get free. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are so committed to our freedom that you paid the ultimate price. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will continue to work in our lives and our hearts. If we need to set boundaries, we will. If we need to confess, we will. If we need to bring things into the light, we will. Give us your grace. Give us your presence. And I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. You knew before we were even born the sins we were going to make, and you still chose us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.